0: Welcome everybody, to the Win or Learn podcast, a podcast that follows our journey in the art of jiu-jitsu.
1: We will discuss our wins and lessons and have special guests that we meet along the way. I'm your host, Tony. And I'm Isaiah.
0: So let's roll right into it.
1: All right, everyone. So we're back. We've been missing for a couple of weeks now, I would say. Maybe actually more like months. We've been gone for about two months. Just because some things happened and we got caught up with other stuff. And then really the majority of things that were taking up our time was training. We announced in our last podcast that we wanted to compete
0: before the end of the year. Is that right? Is that Did we say that last episode? Yes. Yeah, so the last episode, which was our interview with Coach Jamie, towards the end of the episode, I think we actually discussed with her the idea of us competing and we were kind of on the fence of, you know, if we wanted to compete or not. So yeah, that we did discuss that in our last episode.
1: Things developed uh, pretty quickly after that. We signed up for a competition, and then things got really intense really quick, and then we're, we're just going to kind of walk through. Today, what we're going to do is, is probably going to be a multiple-episode conversation that we're going to have. We're, we're probably going to talk about what we're going to talk about is the beginning from when we signed up, kind of what happened, building up, and then kind of a post-mortem, what happened after the comp and all that good stuff. So let's start from the beginning. So I don't
0: really remember
1: when we signed up for the competition. Do you remember when we signed up?
0: So if I remember correctly, we actually got the promotion first. So we were promoted to our fourth stripe, our last stripe on our white belt. And that same night we made the decision, hey, we have our fourth stripe. Let's compete. I think it was more of a conversation that we had afterwards, after that promotion with our professor, where we're like, hey, like we want to compete. I think our minds were kind of set because we had been training consistently for the last few weeks leading up to that, leading up to our promotion. And we were kind of like, hey, let's do it, Um, especially since we had a competition that was coming up that was a local competition. It was a smaller competition. And our professor did say, hey, I want as many people from our academy to go. So we had kind of discussed, you know what, this is a perfect time to do it. It's a small local competition. It's about a month away. Let's do it. So we actually signed up that night. I have the screenshot of the night we registered. So September twenty second was the exact day where we got promoted, and the exact night that we're like, "Okay, competition, let's do it." So that's when we made the decision. Yeah. That's when we signed up for that.
1: Yeah, and that was also something that's happened within the last two months since we haven't had a conversation. Is we got our fourth stripe on our belt, and it was. Comp- I feel like each stripe that we that we've earned has been a little bit unexpected. I. I don't know if you feel the same way, but when we, when professor went up there and said our name, I was like, okay. Uh, th- yeah. Definitely. Wasn't anticipating that. How did I was a little confused. And then like, you're like, Oh wait, he said my name. And then you, you kind of go up and then you take pictures. Uh, yeah. But I feel like that was a little bit of a surprise for us. What, what do you think?
0: Yeah. For me, it was definitely a surprise. I think we had actually discussed that week a little bit earlier in that week about how we had been so inconsistent and how we didn't think that we were going to get promoted anytime soon which really has never bothered us because like we've said before in the pod that our goal has never really been the stripes or the belts or anything like that it's just been to grow and learn a little bit more so it definitely was unexpected I remember when he called you first like we both kind of looked at each other and you looked around like as if there was somebody else named Tony in the room and um, you went and got your stripe and right after that they called my name as well and I think it was just really, it, it was a shock to me because I didn't feel like we were ready for it. Obviously, you know, we don't know more than our professors. They saw something that that maybe we didn't, we didn't see. And I guess when you're in the position, when you're the person doing the things, you don't see what everybody else sees, I guess. But yeah, it was really an unexpected promotion. It felt good. And I think that kind of like was the extra motivation that we needed to be like, hey, Let's go out there and let's test our skills. Let's, you know, give ourselves a new challenge. And I think that's kind of what prompted everything that led up to the rest of, you know, the last two months.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think that was like the biggest catalyst for me, at least, was earning that fourth stripe. And I'm just like, okay, uh, now what? And then, like you said, we had that conversation almost directly after class with Professor and we we decided to sign up. So we signed up. And then the second day, like the following day after we signed up, again, the comp- competing has been on our mind for a while. And for some reason, I, I just assumed that all federations and all organizations, institutions, whatever, kind of went about the same kind of similar weight classes. And so we were, at least for myself, I was preparing for, um, what is it, uh, IBJJFs? It Second was
0: IBJJF's I, I ultra heavyweight. Is it is ultra? Two twenty-two. I think it's
1: okay. ultra heavyweight. Yeah. yeah. So well, I've always been, we, you and I, I mean, I guess you and I, we've kind of always been on the heavier side. So we were, I mean, before I started jujitsu, I was over 230. I was like around 225 most recently. And keep in mind, it's not all about weight, but it's like, yeah, I was still 225, but I was not as fat as I used to be. You could say, I mean, there's this, you know, body fat percentage and all this other stuff so it, it, it gets technical uh if we can get we can get technical about it but i was 225 and then i was like okay well i got three pounds to shed that's that's a, a cakewalk i can get i can shave my three pounds i can get into that like second to last weight class for ibjjf because you don't want to be on the top weight class because if you're at the top weight class it's unlimited meaning you as a small person 223 let's say you can fight someone who's 400 500 pounds or uh, exaggerating, right? But it's a big disadvantage if we're on the top end, uh, if we're in the highest weight class on the lowest spec end of that spectrum. So we wanted to jump down so we could be on the highest end of the, on the highest end of the spectrum for the weight class below us. Anyways, that was a lot to say. We were at two twenty two, and we were preparing for two twenty two. Back to my original story. The uh, initial thought was everyone does the same thing, so we could stay at two twenty two. I look into it, and with this specific federation. Organization, whatever you want to call it, institution. uh Their heavyweight was. Uh, they only have like five or six weight class, or five weight classes really. And it was like heavyweight was the second the highest one, and then you had unlimited. We look at the the numbers, and it's like two fifteen. And so now we're thinking, okay, we're ballparking two twenty five, two twenty two, two twenty three. We're in that area. Some days it's higher, some days it's lower. And we have about a month to get down to 215 or below. And so then that's when like things start really churning for us, not only like in terms of what we're eating, but also in terms of like how we train and how often we train.
0: Yeah. And from there, we made the decision of going 100 percent in because I think we hear people say this a lot. You can't really play fight. There's no such thing as play fighting. If you're going to do it, if you're going to compete, if you're going to step up there, you have to be committed 100 percent to whatever you're doing. And we had never been to a competition class. And we have discussed this in the past in our podcast where we were like, yeah, eventually eventually want to do a competition class. So for those who uh, don't really, or sorry, aren't really familiar with the Gracie Baja setup or our Academy really, because I don't know if it's a Gracie Baja thing or just our Academy, but we have a specific class called the competition class. It's on Saturdays where the competition team goes for an hour and a half. And for about a half hour, you're warming up and running some techniques, like really brief techniques or drilling some stuff. And then you go for about an hour of sparring. So that hour of sparring is pretty intense. You're starting from the feet and you're simulating what a competition would be like. Cause everybody there's getting ready to compete. Everybody there's, you know, killers, trained killers who are ready to go out there and fight And we wanted to take advantage of that because we're like, hey, you know, we have this coming up. We need to go ahead and get ready to go. And so we started going into that class. We started training every day. We started training the advanced class, GB2 class, uh, as much as we could, which was Monday, Wednesday, because it's the only day that we were able to go because on Tuesdays and Thursdays, uh, they don't have it in the evening. And we, we weren't available during the day for that. We started training and training and training. And we were cutting weight. It got really difficult towards the end. Uh, I, I think I told a few people at academy that for me, the Sunday leading up before weigh-in, so about six days before the competition, I was still at 222. And I think it was just because I wasn't working out enough. When I was cutting weight, I don't know what was going on. Uh, and I was like, man, I have to really you know, go a little bit extreme. So I was eating once a day for the next four days after that. And I got down from 222. To two fourteen in about like three or four days, we were dehydrated. We were—I felt weak. I felt tired. My body felt more more sore after every training session because it wasn't recovering the same because I wasn't feeding it, and it was a rough cut for me. I think it was a lot easier for you because I think you were a little bit more diligent with working out, more consistent. Yeah, I, I paced
1: myself a little bit more as well.
0: Yeah, you uh, definitely did.
1: Yeah, I, I think like I because I started uh, at two two twenty two is what I started at. And then I was like, okay, it's only seven pounds. So what I did is I completely cut out like any, I mean, I'm not the healthiest eater, but I'm also not like the worst type of eater. So I found like a middle ground. And like, I I just every once or twice a week, my wife and I, we eat out just because it's better for our schedules because there's specific days of the week where it's busier for us. And we completely cut that out for like the whole month. We absolutely and then weekends obviously we always cheat cheat, right? Quote unquote. Coach K always says there's no um there's no such thing as cheat days. Uh so we would cheat on the weekends, quote unquote, and then we would eat once or twice out, you know, during the week. So we completely cut that out. Like cold turkey. No soda, because I, I love soda. And I love cheeseburgers. My students know I love cheeseburgers. So no soda, no cheeseburgers, no nothing. Basically, I was just eating at home every single day as much as I I could. And if I ever felt hungry, uh, I like trail mix a lot, but trail mix are real fatty. You got you know M and M's and peanuts and raisins and all these other things. So cut that out. And uh, I started replacing everything with a fruit or a vegetable, basically. So if I got hungry, I would eat half a watermelon. Uh, I'm not even joking. Like my wife, (laughs) she would cut the watermelon and I would eat half a watermelon. Uh, and then like if it was after dinner or whatever, I would eat two or three apples, some clementines, but it's, it was just literally replacing foods that I typically would eat when I was hungry at times that I'm not supposed to be hungry and just replacing them with, with something healthy. So then, um, I did this to a T, uh, basically the week of, I mean, leading up to the fight, uh, I was waiting on Sunday, kind of like you did. I have six days out before the official weigh-ins. And I was at 2.5. I was 2.16. And I told myself, okay, I need to be 2.15 by Wednesday. Wednesday comes along and I did something similar to you, what you did. I I cut back what I was eating a day. So I was only having about a meal a day. And by Wednesday, I was 2.12. And then... I think I kind of stayed at 212 because I was like, okay, I can I can lay off the gas a little bit. I'm gonna start drinking some water again and kind of rehydrating. And I just kind of started eating a little bit regular. Uh and then I made it. So obviously day of we made it to two fifteen. So
0: and I think that was probably the, the hardest part. And then training every day was was great. I think that's the most consistently we've trained over over our whole time training. Jiu-jitsu. Over yeah. I don't know what it is. I think you mentioned this to one of our coaches that we kind of know ourselves and we knew that signing up for a competition was going to make us, you know, turn it up a little bit and kind of take it to the next level. And that's exactly what happened. So in the past, we've talked about how we trained a lot together. We tried, you know, not to train with other people, not like because we didn't like anybody or anything. It's because we always felt more comfortable just training with each other because, you know, we know each other so well that were like, oh, like, don't do this because, you know, I could hurt you or anything like that. And it was more like the fear of injury. Um, but even that kind of got thrown out of the window while we were getting ready for this. We were training with other people. We were sparring heavy. We were, you know, going a lot harder and sparring. One of our teammates, um, I'll never forget uh, this because this specific teammate is, he's a great guy. He's, he's helped us so much in our journey. Um, he's a really, really talented person. He, uh, the first night after we signed up, he was like, "What's up with you today?" And I was like, "What do you mean?" And he was like, "You just got that dog today. He got some extra dog." And he's like, "He's like, I can tell you care. He's like, I can tell you, you give a, you know what?" And I was like, "Yeah, man." I was like, "We signed up for the comp." He's like, "What?" He's like, "You guys signed up for your first comp?" And I was like, "Yeah." And he, and from that that point on, he was on top of us. You know, every training, like guys, like come here, let's let's work on this or uh, look at this. So you could do this better. You should try this. And I think that was the biggest change for me in terms of mentality where I started to think about jiu-jitsu in a different way. I started to become a little bit more methodical with the way I was training, a little bit more how could, maybe calculated is the right word. Intentional? Yeah, intentional with my training. There you go. So I'm like, okay, my game plan is this. I need to work on this. I need to work on this position. This is what I'm weak at. This is what I need to work on. Every time I sparred with somebody, it wasn't just survive, survive, survive. Now it was okay, let me work my game. Let me see what I'm good at. Let me see what I'm not good at. Let me see, like, if I face somebody who's tall, face somebody who's short, face somebody who's heavy, face somebody who's muscular, like, you know, get used to fighting all different kinds of people so I could be ready for the competition. And I think that's one thing that I really, really appreciated about this whole process. And I think we've discussed about how our favorite part of the competition was probably the lead up and the process and getting ready for it just because I think it really opened my eyes to how jujitsu should be trained. I guess you can say, not saying that everybody needs to compete, not saying that everybody needs to train like that. But for me, it opened my eyes to, Hey, if you want to do this, you got to do it right. Like if you want to compete specifically that you have to do it right. You have to, you know, give it the time that it deserves. And even then I think we didn't give it enough time. I think, you know, talking to a professor, before the competition, he was like, usually I prepare, you know, four to five months in advance before a competition. I think the way that we did it, the way that we went through that process was difficult, but it it felt very rewarding to me. I was proud of the amount of time that we put in, you know, I think it's something that we would definitely like to do again.
1: So going back to that one, one one of our teammates, I would agree. I think he was he was a great, he is a great mentor. And I feel like a lot of the, for this specific competition, I think he did a lot of lifting, uh, for a lot of the people who were, we had a good group of of students who were competing for the first time. I feel like in terms of the adults, there was four of us were like brand spanking new to competing. And then, um, there's this one other student who's, who's 15 and he's still a kid. Uh, but, this one specific person at our gym kind of took him under his wing as well and so he was helping all like four of us like, you would see him after class and class was over and he would still be on the mats with other folks trying to help him give him tips and stuff like that and he did it with us as well and he would always say like this is what you got to do so like, you got to be first he's like, professor always says you got to be first you got to be first so he was like drilling that into our heads you got to be first you got to be first you got to be first and then the day of the comp he was super awesome because he was like super encouraging he competed himself and I guess sometimes when you, like you said earlier, sometimes when you're doing it yourself, you're unsure of yourself and you're unsure of what you've learned and what you know, if you can put these things together, but it it just changes when someone else is telling you what you did is what you were supposed to do, or you got this, you can do this, you've trained for this, just do your thing, do, you know, and that's, this person was really that, I think that kind of figure for us throughout this whole process. So I, I'm really appreciative of him, and I wish we could name name drop him, but we'd have to ask him for his permission. But uh, he's he's amazing, he's amazing, and he, he himself is is a champ. So not only at the event that we had uh, last weekend, this past weekend that just finished, but also IBJJF level. So he's he's a great competitor.
0: I believe he's a Pan American champion, if I remember correctly.
1: Uh, I think silver.
0: No, no, no. he's a Pan American champion. Yes, okay. he he at won blue. at Pan Am's this year. Yes, at blue belt.
1: Mm-hmm. At blue belt. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so, and I think that's one thing I do want to highlight before we, we kind of move on. The support from our academy is what absolutely surprised me. From our professors, our coaches, our teammates, once people found out that we were finally competing, everybody was behind us. The support was unreal, like, from day one when we first told our professor, like, hey, we want to sign up, he was like, do it, go ahead, and sign up, and everybody kind of took us under their wing were giving us tips, encouraging us, you know, sharing their own personal like stories of competition of their first time competing. To me that was really valuable because I think I've already said this a few times now, that I think it's normal in jujitsu that you feel like, man, like I don't know if I'm ready for this. I don't know if I'm good enough, you know, X, Y, and Z. So it's necessary sometimes to have those voices in the gym where they're like, hey, no, like you got this. Like you've been training for this, you've been working for this, you got it. Just do this and this and this and giving you tips, you know, to, to try to conquer that that uh, that fear. I, I don't know if it's really fear, but I guess it's just, like, nerves of, of doing it. For me, I told you from the start that I wasn't scared of losing. I wasn't scared of anything like that. My biggest fear going into it was injury just because I had seen how fast this moves, and I was more worried about that. And it was more nerves of what could happen, but, you know, I'm not afraid to lose. Losing sucks. Obviously, I want to win. I'm very competitive. I want to win. But at the same time, I know that, you know, those losses aren't going to define like who we are and they're not like it's not going to stop there. Like we're going to improve and we're going to learn from it. For me, I think I just wanted to highlight how encouraging everybody was and how much of a difference that made for me mentally going into this competition. Because I felt like even though, yes, it was just going to be me on the mat with the other person, I felt like I had that support system where I wasn't alone, where everybody was there. Everybody was cheering for us. Everybody was, you know, contributing to to us getting on that mat, and I think that was for me a big deal. And I felt, um, yeah. like a, really like a part of the team. I felt really embraced, like it was a family, and it was it was great.
1: Yeah. So let's talk about the week of. So we've talked about how you cut the, you know, this last few week was difficult because we were both a little bit over 215 still and then you know that whole week we kind of just ate you know basically nothing but let's talk about like mentally where we were and let's talk about physically like our training besides like let's take the food portion out of it because it sucked right but let's talk about how we trained the week of and then let's talk about how we were mentally leading up
0: yeah well for me personally i felt it was a roller coaster of emotions (laughs) i think the whole week Monday going into it, I was like, oh, no, like, I got this. Let's go. I'm ready. And then Tuesday, I was like, "Eh, I don't know. And then Wednesday, you know, Wednesday and Thursday, I started to feel a little bit more confident, but then Friday, I was a mess. Um, So, it was up and down emotionally, mentally. Yeah, so, like, the uncertainty of what could happen was, for me, like, the the biggest mental block. Um, I knew I knew the technique. I knew I knew everything, but... I told people from our Academy this, that my biggest fear was I was in the blank. Cause it's happened to me before, even in training where, you know, you're feeling so many things, you're kind of overwhelmed. If somebody has you in a certain position and I just blank on what I need to do. So if somebody's smothering me in their side control or in the in full mount, I, I blank on what I need to do. And that's what I was worried about that with the added pressure of the competition. And then on top of, you know, maybe if I was in a bad position that I was in a blank and not know what to do. And, Training wise, we took it light. I would say I wasn't rolling hundred percent because everybody in the gym was telling us like, Hey, like, don't, don't go crazy, train safe, be as smart as possible. And I, I was trying my hardest to, to make sure I made it to Saturday injury free. Cause I didn't want to have any pain or any discomforts on the day of the competition. Cause we, the uncertainty also leads into the competition that we didn't know how many people we were fighting. We didn't know how many people were in our bracket. So I was like, I don't know how many times I'm going to have to fight. So I need to make sure I'm ready to go in case if we have three, four, five fights yeah. in a day. Yeah. Because I think that also added to the up and down roller coaster of emotions because we had no idea going into this who was in our bracket. And even the day of, we didn't know. So. Yeah,
1: it was obnoxious because then I think what made it even worse is that Thursday, two days before the competition, they drop brackets, like preliminary brackets. And then, like, they have a follow-up that says, oh – Uh, you know, 40% of these brackets get filled within the last 36 hours. And we're like, there's no way we're going to get more folks in this bracket. But we'll get to that when we get to the day of. So continue.
0: Yeah, so that added stress was also there. But, you know, all our teammates, like I said, were encouraging us. Like, no, you guys got this. You guys got this. Don't worry. But the training was, I would say we were very, like I said, intentional with our training throughout the week. And that's when we really started to, like, really, really, like, Go for our game plan. Like, what exactly are we going to do? What exact techniques are we going to use? So, that's when we were talking about pulling guard. We were talking about scissor sweeps, pendulum sweeps, waiter sweeps, try to get into full mount. So, we were like literally walking like football. For those of you who know football or have played football, like the week of a game, like the day of a game before a game, sorry, you'll have a walkthrough where it's like no pads, you know, you're just walking through the game plan, walking through the script. And that's exactly what we were doing. Almost after every class, I think, last week, we were doing that. We were having walkthroughs, envisioning what we were going to do, pull guard here, this is what we're going to do, this is how we're going to set up the traps, this is how we're going to sweep, this is how we're going to submit, this is how we're going to stabilize everything. Like We were planning everything down to a T. And for me, that's what that last week was for. It wasn't really trying to learn new stuff. It was more of, okay, let's refine what we have and apply that to a game plan, and get ready for whatever's going to come.
1: For myself, I mean, the way we trained throughout the week was basically what you just summarized. I'm not going to summarize it again. We trained the same way. We both went light in an effort to kind of, to kind of try and protect ourselves for the um, for the comp. I did get injured Monday. I was practicing with this one person after class and. Uh, was pre- he was showing me how to like, how he wanted me to pull guard basically. And he kind of jabbed me on my thigh and, kind of like dead like me, which was no big deal. It was like a little bruise, but it was, it had cleared up by the weekend, but it, it kind of made training throughout like Tuesday through Thursday difficult. Cause it was difficult for me to crouch and stuff like that. Anyways, we made it to the, to the fight on the weekends, but mentally I would say there were more lows for me than there were highs. I... I didn't feel as confident going in, even though, again, we knew our game plan. Professor had kind of spoken to us what he wanted us to do and what he wanted us to play, not play, what he wanted us to, you know, what he wanted our game plan to be. So we knew all that. I knew all that. Everything was packed, but it was just the nerves of like unknowing, not knowing who was going to be in front of you. Because one thing that they always tell us is the person in front of you is literally trying to kill you. So... Your job is also to do the same. Your job is also literally to try and kill them. So the nerves of, I mean, I'm sure, again, thats it's, I think it's more of an expression. We're just saying they're trying to kill you. You're trying to kill them. I don't feel like you. we would ever get to that point. I don't think a ref would ever allow something like that to happen, obviously. But it's just like that mentality of like, this person's going to put hands on you and try and hurt you and you have to either do the same or survive or get out of there with your life so it was it was a mental barrier for me i would say to kind of try and overcome that and then on friday evening the night before the fight i put my like competition i made like a playlist and um i literally just started pacing around my house and envisioning everything every possible scenario because i'm a textbook overthinker And I just paced around, was listening to my music super loud on my headphones and was envisioning everything that could possibly happen. And then the funny thing is what I envisioned, what would happen, all the scenarios I tried to envision with my finite mind, none of those happened actually in the fight. And so that's what the next conversation we're going to have is going to be the day of the fight. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Our episodes release every other Sunday at 3 p.m. Eastern.
0: If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe on the platform of your choice. We are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon, and more. Thank you again for listening and os. os.